Welcome to Bendigo, Dave. How are you? I am good. We've just eaten fried chicken at Bendigo's finest fried chickenery. Mm-hmm. Uh, flight Ooh. bar. Yeah. I just stopped sweating. Yeah, the the Nashville fried chicken. I wasn't crying. You were crying. Yeah. I was crying mm. a little bit. What uh, we've got, we've got one of the Bendigo Beer team here, and I guess good friend of Flight Bar. Is that a good way to describe you, Trev? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, it's, uh, the um, co-founder of Bendigo Beer is uh, one of the guys behind Flight Bar. So uh, it's um, yeah, I had the chicken on. Thursday last week. What was, do you go uh, for? What's your go-to spice? Oh, I just started with the basics, yeah, and because yeah. uh, I was drinking a really hoppy beer, that I can't. It was um, one of the new American range that I got in. I don't even remember the name of it. I have to check my Instagram, but yeah, it was great. Oh, I'd really enjoyed it. No, oh, well, mm. now that you say that, like I had uh, the two hottest spices, and then I had some. No, there's a level above. I oh, was there. Yeah, oh, yeah. sorry. Well, I had two of the hotter ones, yeah. and um, we had a bottle of. Mr. Bendigo from Brooks yeah. might as well not have got it because yeah. <laughs> was that ruined. But yeah. Luke said, what do you think? I said, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen yeah. Justin's video where he tried that, uh, That he had to sign a waiver? Before where he was he? He was in Louisiana? Louisiana, yeah. yeah. Um, and spewed about seven seconds after the really? video stopped or something. Yeah, <laughs> That's good. Very good. I wouldn't have done it. He's a braver man than I. <laughs> so we're in Bendigo. We're kind of here to, to learn a little bit about Bendigo on the hop. Mm. But also Bendigo Beer, which is mm. kind of a – how long have you guys been Bendigo Beer? And uh, the next question is going to be, what is it? Yeah, we uh, officially started in May 2011. Uh, we ran a homebrewers comp in a tiny little bar called The Basement Bar, which is underneath Mr. Beebs. People would know it now. It fits about 25 people. We had 85 people in there trying 27 different beers, homebrews from uh, – four hours and it ended up being a rip-roaring day. So that was our official start. Was that a good beer week? No. No. no, Was was 2011 the first? That 2011 was the first good beer week. So it just so happened that you were doing it at the same time? Just so happened, yeah. Yeah, And I think we started about the same time as Two Birds as well. So Mm. 2011 and that's when Crafty Pint became official as well. So 2011 was a a big year for craft beer in Australia. So, yeah, we – Basically, it was started by Justin and I uh, back in 2011 because we had a sort of um, common love of uh, Bridge Road beers and in particular, I suppose, the Chevalier Saison and uh, we used to bump into the hallway of each at, each, um, at work and uh, decided that it was, you know, thought, well, there's not much good stuff getting around Bendigo. We should probably do something about it. So that's initially how it started. Because you guys are both at the bank, is that right? I work for Bendigo Bank, yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Um, b- Justin did. He's, he's left and followed his dream and to be a fried chicken dream. Yeah, fried chicken dream, <laughs> and uh, and off um, frying chooks and and tasting beer. So um, I've um, I'm still there. So um, whereabouts were you getting your Chevalier saison back in the day? Oh, uh, well, my best mate married Ben Krause's sister. Okay. So yeah, so, uh, so straight from the source. Yeah, yeah so uh, I was doing regular trips to Beechworth, and uh, the good thing was I had a, a I had a. Um, had a guy there that would, you know, Joe, that would bring it back for me as well when he visited his parents. But, boy, Joe. yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, lovely Joe. So, um, yeah, it was actually Bridge Road were, were the first brewery to really support Bendigo Beer's um, objective. And so, you know, we used to get slabs and walk around to the different pubs, the ones that we, we liked, the ones with, you know, live music, great food, good atmosphere. Um, and then, um, sort of put their beers, uh, the Bridge Road beers, to the publicans and the more enlightened ones took the offer up and started putting them on tap and that's how it started. So you basically worked as a sales rep without the money? 
Did it for love, really. Yeah. It was a selfish, um, selfish crusade because um, I really just was very passionate about getting some good stuff on tap at the pubs that I was frequenting. So, um, yeah, it was uh, it was good fun though. Good fun. Can you, uh, I guess, tell me about walking into these pubs for the first time with someone else's beer and saying to them, "You should buy this yeah. beer." <laughs> um, well, <clears throat> I've never had it. Uh, I've never been shy. Um, so I didn't really find it that, um, intimidating. I've always been in pubs. I've been working in pubs since I was 18. And, um, so I just, I suppose, knew the right thing to say. And then that was that, you know, you're serving exactly the same thing that every other pub is serving in town. What makes your pub different? Why would I come here compared to anywhere else? So I sort of struck a nerve with that sort of message. Um, and also the independent, you know, um, angle and also, the quality and all and the quality of the customer that was it was attracting um and yeah as i said the more enlightened publicans put it on and they're the ones flourishing now how many people live in bendigo what's the population? uh unofficially well officially i think it's around one hundred and fifteen thousand. but if you take into account within 30 k's which you should uh do i suppose up around the hundred and eighty thousand. so so for those not aware how far is it from melbourne it's an hour and 40 minutes right. up the Calder Highway. Yeah. So not too bad. It's like going from Eltham to the CBD. Yeah. <laughs> On a Monday to Friday. Yeah. So that first event, did you anticipate that many people turning up? Absolutely not. No. Okay. We were, we were uh, yeah, uh, hopelessly underprepared, but <laughs> I think that added to the charm and, uh, and people had a great day nevertheless. Um, Why do you think people turned up? I think it's because it was something different. We uh, had a really good message to 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 to, um, to get out there. I think um, you know Justin and I were the first ones to really start talking about what you know what's this craft beer thing in Bendigo. So the local media sort of latched onto us early on. So we never had any trouble getting press releases printed or mm. you know local media to Win TV to come and have, you know film the day and. So I think, and also I've thought about this a number of times. I think if we were in metropolitan Melbourne, it wouldn't have worked because we would just would just be one of the crowds. So I think that's why it's worked so well as well. We sort of had that opportunity to stand out, get that message across. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been heaps of fun. What was the homebrew scene like in Bendigo around that time? Very strong then, and even stronger now. Uh, so our first winner of our homebrew comp in 2011 is actually Tracy from Bandicoot Brewing. So she's She's now brewing at her own brewery. Um, our second winner was Pete Martin, who's now a head brewer at um, Tubrac. So oh. we've had some very good results out of, out of our home brewing comps. Um, we've got a very strong home brewing scene here in Bendigo. Um, Bendigo Molten Hops started as a result of Bendigo Beers home brewery comps. That was Pete Martin again. Um, so what's that? Is that a home brew shop? It's an online home hey. brew shop. Yeah. So Where uh, were people getting their supplies before that? There was a homebrew shop up at Eagle Hawk Road near the gold mines, um, but it was very old school, you know, what your granddad used to use sort of um, supplies. Uh, so did now, that like drive creativity and innovation from people that were in the scene? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. but I, I think um, a lot of them, um, and I'm a member of the, the Facebook group, it's, a secret, you know, it's one of those closed groups and they all talk to each other and they're, they're very, very active. They're, and some of them have got... Um, home brewers, breweries that would rival some actual breweries. So um, they're, they're just cracking guys and girls um, 
and making some really, really high quality beers. That's what I'm really impressed about when we do run our homebrew comp. Um, I'm not scared to be a judge or anything like that <laughs> because the beers are actually amazing. Yeah. Um, and we've had, uh, you know, like Ian Morgan um, be a judge. Uh, we've had Crafty Pint be a judge. We've had uh, Doug Brook from Brooks be a judge. All those – and everyone that has tried these beers have been quite pleasantly surprised at the quality. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been – that's been the – I think – not too dissimilar to the craft beer scene around Australia is that the home brewers uh, are driving it from the ground up. Mm. Um, so that's that's what's happening here as well. Are you still regularly doing the comps? Yep, we do it every September. How many every entries Sept- do you get? Uh, every, anywhere between probably a dozen to two dozen, depending on – yeah. So uh, last year we, we – um, probably took our eye off the ball a little bit, to be totally honest, because we had been on hop getting so big so we didn't sort of give them enough notice but I think this year the guys know uh, that every September you know they should have their brews ready to go so that's cool yeah so um so we'll do that again so Bendigo Beer started as, as you two guys mm. uh what does it look like now have you got more people sort of part yeah, of the yeah well we got to 2013 and and we realized that just the two of us while it was fun um, it had limitations, um, so obviously we both worked full time, um, and uh, we thought, well, what, what, what do we leave the bank and do this full time? And if we do, how's it going to generate income for us to live and all that sort of thing? But I think um, because I'm a big believer in the community aspect of what we do, and I think it's more in part from my background with Benio Bank and the community bank model, um, we decided to go down the not-for-profit angle. So we became a not-for-profit in February 2013. And as a result, we had to follow the, the um, obviously the, the rules and regulations. So chair, vice chair, secretary, treasurer, and uh, three or four other members. And what I loved about that was um, having some, well, apart from the help, um, some new ideas and new energy and uh, some expertise that we didn't have before. Mm. Um, because previously, you know, I'd, I'd put the cost of things on my credit card, we'd make some money, pay it back, go back to zero, start again. You know, it was just, it was fun, but it wasn't really going anywhere. So the idea behind making it a a not-for-profit incorporated um, body was that we're able to then lobby local government, state government, um, and apply for government grants and things like that to do what we need to do. And that's what we've been able to do. How receptive have they been? Sorry? How receptive has the government been to um, the causes? Well, um, local government have been brilliant um the tourism and major events um guys at, at city of greater bendigo really i think because bendigo is such an event city already we we do about 75 events a year so 52 weeks in a year we've got one or two things going on every weekend so um they were really open to to what we did because obviously we do wine and food in the bendigo region quite well because heathcote is part of the city of greater bendigo so they were keen to diversify the tourist uh, dollar. Um, my background is a little bit in local government as well, so I knew to, how to talk the talk and, <laughs> and sell, uh, you know, it's not just two or three guys getting drunk every weekend <laughs> talking about beers and can we have some money to run an event, you know, that sort of thing. Um, so they've been fantastic in terms of, yeah, they've even to the point where we've gone, um, you know, we've gone halves in some promotional videos with the council to promote Bendigo's craft beer scene. Um, so, uh, yeah, the support's been fantastic. One of the things 
even just we walked through Bendigo um, to get here from the train station and cutting through the gardens there, uh, you know, some sculptures, there's the conservatory and you kind of get the impression that the council must give a shit about making something nice. And I last time I was here, I was here for the um, – had a look at the art gallery, which is – I really love the art gallery and there was a, a mirror maze art, public art thing. Um, it had, you know, big queue out the front. We had to get there right on time to get in there and, you know, it's – yeah, it's kind of you get the impression that, that someone must give a shit about bringing people to Bendigo and I guess is that what you found? Yeah, yeah. I spent <coughs> excuse me, I spent my university and school secondary school years in Ballarat and um, my some of my family live in Ballarat still and I sort of describe it as Shelbyville and Springfield, Ballarat mm. and Bendigo. Both sort of very similar sort of gold background towns, but the difference I've found with Bendigo is you're right, the dedication to the streetscape is much higher here. I think um, the um, the drive in when you're coming in from Melbourne, it's a very picturesque drive. They've put a lot of um, effort into making sure the gardens are always up to scratch, you know. So, yeah, you're right. And and there would be some diehard locals that would probably um, argue that the council spends too much money on art and culture and all that sort of thing. But, but again, I'm quite open-minded with that. I think it brings people to town and the multiplier effect – well, that's, um, that, that it has. That was the reason we came was to look at the art gallery and then yeah. I went and had fried chicken. My girlfriend and her sister went and had something a little bit more civilised. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, but, you know, yeah. we came and spent money yeah. um, and then we had a coffee and walked around the shops and everything. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it was, a, you know, the art gallery was free. You know, what we spent was probably triple that. It's not huge, but you get... That's it. And then we yeah. tell people... Tell people about yeah. it. What, what do you are, think locals would rather the money get put towards? <laughs> Well, if you're looking Whatever at they like most. Well, if you yeah, if you're looking at the Facebook online polls and the Bendigo advertiser polls, they want a they want a Krispy Kreme donut um, no. at shop, and what? they want they want a Westfield and things like that. That's I suppose they have their Bendigo licenses revoked. Yeah. <laughs> I well, think so that's not how things work. I think that's more so though the demographic of people that have time to sit on Facebook and answer those things. Yeah, right. um, I probably have the the benefit of being able to mix and and do business with a lot of um, progressive uh, people in Bendigo and there are a lot of progressive people. I've noticed that the um, population's changed quite a bit in the last three years. There's been a lot of, you know, late 20s. As in demo? Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot of late 20s, early 30s um, couples coming back to have kids and they've been overseas, they've experienced things and they get here and they think, oh, it's not here so we'll start it ourselves. So that's why the food scene's exploded. Um, the coffee scene's exploded here in Bendigo. There's a number of roasteries now. We have seven local breweries here in Bendigo. Seven um, local breweries? Yeah, yeah. Can you name them quickly? Yeah, Holgate, Brooks, Tubrack, Cornella, 40 Acres, Castlemaine and Bandicoot. Crap. So what's – because that's obviously extended. That's within that's probably, 50 k's, yeah. Yeah, cool. That's yeah. still pretty great. That's still good, yeah. So – and then, yeah, f- uh, something like 60 wineries and – yeah, so it, I it, it, the last three years I've noticed that the the the, the city has has changed. Yeah, it for, for the better I think. So, yeah, while while you know you, there will always be that element that want the basic lowest common denominator stuff. Yeah. Um, there are some there's some very passionate, um, forward thinking you know young professionals living here that that want to. Get uh, you know, get Bendigo ahead, and what I actually I think Bendigo's greatest strength is that people don't assume much when they come to Bendigo. Um, that would be fair to say. 
because they think, oh, yeah, it's a country town, takes five hours to get there, there'll be nothing there when I get there. And when you do get here, you think, oh, wow, this is actually pretty cool and there's a couple of laneways and there's a lot mm. of craft beer bars and there's, you know, wineries and so, you know, we've, uh, we've come a long way and I really enjoy it. So out there um, on the street hawking other people's beers, <laughs> oh, yeah. um, how, many, how many places uh, give us a rough estimate of places that have picked that up and now become sort of craft focused, do you think? Um, my stats aren't totally up to scratch. No one's going to fact check, don't worry. No, uh, yeah, I was going to say, well, let's pretend that I've got orange hair and I'm Donald Trump. So I'm going to say there's – no, but as, I'm going to use the swag principle here, scientific wild-ass guess. Um, there's eight dedicated craft beer venues, nine now, sorry, that we've got a new hop supply craft beer bottle shop open up last week. We've got another one on the way. There's another There's another two venues opening this year. So it's say, say 10 – craft only and then there would be a probably 40 that have craft on tap and living side by side with normal beer so quite significant did you flip any from contract only to craft only uh yeah we're sitting in one now the right. cambrian yep so this this place was uh on contract taps and uh then the uh the chef andy bought the pub and uh decided to give the the contracts a flip probably not you know, solely because they spoke to Bendigo Beer, but I think the conversation with Justin and I helped him convince him that to do the right thing. Um, and then, uh, yeah, there's some pubs um, in town that have, uh, like Mr Beebs, they uh, put taps in and decided not to sign contracts as a result of having the freedom of picking what and choosing what beer they wanted to put on. So, yeah, there's been some really good... Uh, and, and what I've noticed too is the pubs that have got contracts um, have found a way to find extra tap points and then also to the point where they've actually put extra taps in themselves and paid for taps themselves. That's what I've found has been really, really pleasing. And you think that's just they realise that the people actually want yeah. something different than Yeah, this thing called choice. Yeah, yeah. It's good, huh? So uh, it's great, isn't it? So, yeah, I think um, it's only – and really at the, at the end of the day we've only scratched the surface, only scratched the surface. We've plenty of work to do. What, what are your plans then? Well, if we could sort of have Bendigo to the point where, you know, it's like Portland and you go and there's a brew pub on every corner or every pub has its own taps and there's no, you know, there's just everyone has choice. And if you want to drink a certain beer, then that's fine. Um, no one's going to really stress too much because the next pub's got totally different beer on tap. And, yeah, I think, um, I think we could probably sustain two or three more sort of either brew pubs or breweries here in Bendigo to just have that local beer supply, um, you know, um, direct to pubs, that would be fantastic too. What do you like to drink? We're sitting in one now. So the Cameron's one of my favourites, um, the Gold Mines. Uh, Handlebar is a great little spot um, in spring, summer, well, actually any time. the yeah. sort of cafe at the front and then there's a yeah, beer garden? Yeah, so that's a community-owned craft beer bar. There's 28 okay. individual shareholders and that started in November 15. Yeah, so... How does that a, work? It was just a vacant block of land sitting at a cafe and a couple of guys sort of stood on top of Ray White Real Estate and thought, oh, there's a vacant block there. It's landlocked. No one knew that. That would make a cool little bar, blah, 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 blah. One thing led to another and next thing we were having a meeting in a in a restaurant out the back, you know, doing a prospectus presentation and then we had 28 people throw in some money and start the bar and that's how it started. So, Gee, isn't that good? Yeah, yeah so, um, yeah, and build it from scratch. So, yeah, you've got to walk through a coffee shop 
to to get to it. So it's a, I sort of like that factor as well. How does that work like, at nighttime with people coming and going? They just oh, it's where it, well, you know, craft beer people are good people, so you can, <laughs> they're very trustworthy. So um, it is interesting, actually. We like Handlebar put you know you obviously you have a uh, certain aspect of the the community that loves loves to give feedback and that old saying squeaky wheel gets the grease you know what where's the normal beer sort of thing so they did test um putting melbourne and melbourne longnecks in the in the fridge and uh that went for about two or three weeks and coincided with two or three um instances where we had to ask people to leave and as soon as we took that beer out and we've never had any trouble you know so it's just interesting that that's that's the tr- the crowd that it attracts. So, yeah, it's a great little bar. I love it. Do you want to take a short break? I would like to change these batteries and maybe get a new beer. Okay. Mm. Uh, and we'll come back and maybe talk about being to go on the hop. Sure. Yeah, no trouble. Looks like we're back. We are back. We've got some new beers. Uh, so, Bendigo on the Hop. Yeah, really excited this year. What What is it? Um, it's a beer festival that we started um, because we didn't want to be like everyone else. And that's no disrespect to everyone else. It was more so because I think we had an opportunity here in Bendigo because we, we built – it was something like we were talking about before. I think we built the cart um, and then got the horse – um, rather than the other way around because we've got all the venues here to do something that no other regional city centre in Australia could do. Um, so, yeah, I spent the first three or four years of Benigo Beer going to other festivals and talking to brewers and getting their feedback, what they loved and hated about it, um, what they wanted to do, where how they wanted to get their beer in, you know, the financial cost of doing these festivals. So I sat down and worked out a formula where everyone wins and – I believe we've we've got it fairly right as far, as right as you can get it, um, and basically it, it's a festival where the venues are the champions. So the venues in Bendigo are the ones that took a punt on you know a couple of guys walking around saying, "Hey, you should put this in your in your venues. It's going to attract really good you know customers and all that sort of thing." So to reward them, I suppose for all the the um, work over the last five years, we uh, five or six years, we decided, well, let's make them the heroes put the breweries in the in the venues and have a walking brewery uh experience um of bendigo so and as you guys know what you'd probably see today bendigo's landscape streetscape is very 1890s sort of very european looking um you know all valen architecture so very reminds me a lot of sort of central uh central west europe um so yeah lovely spot to walk around drink beer and have a good time. So that's that's how it came about. What were some of the factors that you uh, found from venue operators, brewers, when you were gathering your information that made you uh, differentiate? Well, it's more so breweries. They they um, while the, I suppose if we're talking about a traditional beer festival, it's you know on a footy oval or a race course, and everyone sort of has to hire a marquee and you give away tastings, and you've the you know the the festival organizer keeps fifty percent of the ticket and. A lot of the brewers were giving feedback that actually doing that was losing – they were losing money time after time. And to me, I thought, well, it's great because, you know, from a from a exposure and marketing point of view, it was good for the breweries. So I just wanted to sort of come up with a, a bit more of a solid 
framework where the breweries had a better chance to to come away with making a bit of a profit and working with a venue directly, making a relationship and establishing a new customer and more importantly. So, you know, with our festival, the breweries sell their kegs of beer before they've even showed up. So they just rock up and they're the rock stars for the day. Um, a lot of them choose to work behind the bar because that's just what they do, which is fine, but they don't have to if they don't want to. So, yeah. The volunteers doing the, the pouring then? Yeah, yeah. Um, volunteers, um, God, God bless volunteers. So um, we'll be putting the call out actually very soon for volunteers to put their hand up and help out with On The Hop this year. Cool. Um, uh, I volunteered yes, uh, last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Came down. It was great. I really enjoyed it, and I guess through a local Facebook group, got a got a ride. So yeah. free ride down. Volunteered, yeah. poured some beers, and I had a, a really good time. And I found the people. It seemed to be the community as a whole were, mm. were out drinking mm. and sort of just enjoying being out and about and wandering around, and you know people coming in, getting their two tastings yeah. um, at each venue, and then heading on to the next one and talking about the beers and trying. I think the walking aspect meant they just weren't trying one or two beers <laughs> of the same beer. Yeah. They had to go to the next venue to That's get right. their next beer. Yeah. Uh, was that kind of part of it? Yeah, I think um, spacing the tastings out uh, from a responsible service of alcohol sort of thing. Um, but also that was a delicate balance of, you know, how many people can we fit into this festival? And that's another sort of, I suppose, unique part of it is we only have 2,000 tickets. So we're not a festival that's trying to sell six and a half, seven thousand, thirty thousand tickets to get people through the door to make money. We're just, we have a set amount of costs. We have a set amount of, you know, beers. Um, and we want, and because we're not, I suppose, trying to get everyone and everyone and, and be everything to everyone. And we're just showcasing craft beer because we've only got 2,000 tickets, then that then creates, I think, a very unique sort of um, flavour to the festival. Yes, there are, you know, a lot of people that come along and they still give me feedback. I don't really drink beer, but I'm coming because all my friends are. I said, well, for one day a year, you're going to be drinking beer. and Let me know what you think and if you need any, you know, tasting notes, all that sort of thing. There's plenty of brewers around and it's been – Great, actually, to see the feedback. I was like, oh, I never drunk beer and this was a great day and I learned so much and it was fantastic. Thanks very much. So it's been it's been really good. There was definitely groups of people and he said, you know, their friends are all going, so I'm going to go. And, yeah, there's groups of people would come in and there'd be one or two that definitely didn't drink beer. And I was, I was making them usually drink the black IPA mm. uh, and it was amazing how many people loved it. They were sort of – they'd come away and go – Oh, it tastes like chocolate, and you're like, yeah, that's yeah. It's good. Yeah. You can yeah. don't have to drink, yeah. Except for the blokes, they just want yeah. to pay our ales. <laughs> blokes, are the it's worst. um, it's weird. It's like uh, the, I think this year we're putting a focus of quality over quantity. Um, last year we had 28 beers and uh, sorry, 28 breweries, which meant 56 beers. We found that that was a little bit too much. People were trying to get around and try them all rather than spending some time tasting them and talking about them. Not that it was you know it's a talk fest or anything, but people don't like to be rushed. So what we did this year is just back it off and did 20 breweries, 40 beers. <clears throat> the interesting aspect for this year is that I've asked all the breweries participating to either brew a one-off beer or save a national launch for the day. So you're going to have 20 beers that you will have never tasted before, which I'm really excited about. Pirate Life are bringing some uh, – I'll probably talk about it now. It's an exclusive for Ale of a Time. Yeah, They've nice. been um, – 
So obviously for everyone that knows Jack and and, um, and MC at Pirate Life, they're, they're different cats who love a beer and so they've been feeding a pig since last year's on the hop with spent grain and hops and they're bringing that this year for uh, for the after party to put on a spit. So nice. uh, in typical Pirate Life form. So um so actually, that's actually the only brewery I'm allowed to talk about that will be at the festival. Actually, okay, so, so yeah. completely sworn to secrecy about it. Yeah, um, we're we're doing a Melbourne launch at Carwin Cellars on the 14th of July to cool. launch all the breweries uh, and venue pairings, so people can you know know where to start and all that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, but I can I can say Pirate Life will be there, which is a you know that's an attractive brewery, particularly if you're going to get a, a one-off yeah. Pirate Life beer. Um, People enjoy yeah. that beer or enjoy that oh, I just find, like, those guys are just really easy to work with. They're just cruisy guys and just have a great time and they love what they do and what they do, they do very well. So, you know, and that's the sort of thing I like to encourage. Um, yeah, seeing breweries like that that get what you're trying to do and then support that because yeah. yeah. they know it works for them. Yeah. And that's no, they've kind been of, fantastic. Where is the pig? <laughs> I hopefully somewhere in... Adelaide. Because um. we've been there. It's not on site. Yeah, I'm sure they know someone with a farm or something. They right. know something there. I'm not sure they not just, wouldn't just keep it. In the office, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It'll come to, you know, August 25th, the night before Benny on the hop, and Jack will go, actually, no, we don't want to. <laughs> so, no. Just I, head down to the butcher and get a couple yeah, of chops. Yeah, oh, that's, that's it. That's it. No, no I'm, I, trust me, this is, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, uh, no, it's going to be great. Can't wait. What year did you start Benny on the hop? Benny on the Hop's first year was 2014. Cool. So yeah. that came after the sort of... Yeah, we were trying to decide, as I said, we did Benigo beer for three or four years and we thought, right, hey, we get to get to a particular point, what do we do now? And people were always sort of tapping us on the shoulder saying, uh, you know, when are you going to do a festival? But as I mentioned earlier, it was really to do a festival. It was quintessentially Benigo beer and quintessentially Bendigo. So, yeah, I think 2014 was, was a, it was a fairly interesting start we we weren't ready for the popularity of of it we weren't ready for how big it was going to become so, so what happened uh we had a lot of long lines in the first year as most f- first festivals do you know so we quickly got our heads around how do we make you know people sort of flow through the venues as quickly as possible without trying to shove them through and also you know giving them enough time to enjoy it so what did you do uh, we um, sort of borrowed from the Gabs boys and uh, got some tasting cups. So we split the bars away from where you got your free samples. And so people knew where to go to get their free sample. And then if they wanted a full pour, they could go to the bar. And that worked really well because it just sort of split the crowd. Um, and so we had some great feedback from the second year. That was It worked really well. Yep. Did you start off at 2,000 tickets? Uh, yeah. So we had uh, 18, no, 1850 the first year and we sold out. And then we had 1950 the second year and we sold out. And last year we thought, let's go really big, you know, 28 breweries and 2,500 tickets. Um, we still sold 2,000. So that says to us that's the natural spirit level of where the to- – and the, and also how many venues can tolerate that number of people. So this year it's why we've gone back to 2,000 and, and gone back to 40 breweries, I think. That's that's 40 where. Forty breweries, twenty breweries. 20 sorry, twenty breweries and forty beers. Yeah, even I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. This uh, Mornington Imperial Stout starting <laughs> to have effects. <laughs> it's tasting delicious, by the way. Uh, uh, so they'll be there as well then. <coughs> I don't know. Pirate <laughs> <laughs> life's the only one you're going to get out of me. 
It's a natural time to try it just then. Yeah, that's right. Maybe if you buy me another one, I might. Uh. <laughs> um, have you got any uh, indication of what sort of um, revenue got put th- back through the Benigo economy? As a yeah, the multiplier effect. Yeah. So we basically had um, local government put up a report and it was up around the 800,000 mark. So it was quite good. Um, and that was a rough report too. It, because uh, the situation we had with our ticket sellers last year is that a person might get on and buy 10 tickets um, and put their postcode down uh, as 3550 Bendigo, but eight of their mates are from Melbourne. So we didn't have a, a totally true indication of, of how many people were coming up from Melbourne, but we know from you know the crowd and there was a large proportion. So this year I think you know the guys are at the Capitol theater in bendigo they're, they're managing our online and in-person ticket sales they'll um they'll ask a few more questions so we can drill down a bit more but we're, we're averaging over the three well the three years we've had so far about 30 to 33 percent from melbourne which is fantastic that's big yeah hmm. so how many days is the festival uh two, two so days. yeah we have an official launch on the friday night um here at the cambrian and everyone sort of meets up has a beer we you know there's some beer food going on and uh, I think last year he had uh, mobile bars all through the whole venue so you could walk around the beer garden, through the pub, through the restaurant and there was beers everywhere. It was right, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, this year we're also part of Bendigo Art Gallery are doing a History of Bendigo Pubs exhibition and they're launching it the Thursday before Bendigo on the Hop. Yeah, so we're, fantastic. we're yeah. involved in that as well. So we'll launch the History of Bendigo Pubs exhibition opening night here at the Cambria on the Friday, Bendigo on the Hop on the Saturday. And then, yeah, the art gallery is open on the Sunday for people who are travelling up from Melbourne. You can hang around and go through the exhibition, look through all the old pubs. And Do you have any yeah. people um, that come from are coming from Melbourne or even just f- uh, from surrounding areas are staying for both days? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. so, you know, a lot of our um, motels, hotels uh, let us know that it's a great um, weekend for them as well. So the Shaller obviously books out all the breweries want to stay at the Shaller. Uh, it's the Art Series Hotel for those that um, want to look that up. It's very um, – I think you've stayed there, haven't you, Luke? No, no, I haven't, no. Very cool. I want it now cool. that you've yeah. said it's an Art Series. Yeah, it's an Art Series Hotel. So we're very lucky in Bendigo to have one. So that's um, that's always booked out fairly quick and there's a lot of uh, B&Bs, Airbnbs around town booked out. So mm. – yeah, it's uh, it's a very exciting time to be in Bendigo if you're a beer nerd, because uh, yeah, the who's who are here for a weekend. It's great. How do you market it? You said you launch, you're having a launch in Melbourne. Mm. Uh, how do you, how else do you market it? Well, um, we've tried a number of different ways over the last four years, and we found that traditional media is uh, sort of starting to lose its luster. So this year, for the first time, we're doing no local TV advertising. Uh, we're do, still doing radio. Radio works quite well in central Victoria, regional Victoria, um, through the Triple M network in regional Victoria, uh, but most of it through social media um, and through our media partner. So Crafty Pint is our official media partner this year, which we're very, um, very excited to have James on board officially this year. Mm. Um, and Crafted Glassware are doing our glasses this year. So sure. uh, Ben from Crafted is going to uh, help us out a bit as well. Yeah, so we'll have a launch on the... 13th of July here in Bendigo, uh, so a local launch, and then we do a Melbourne launch as well, just to invite all the breweries along, the sales reps, you know, have them along, um, and also kick off some ticket sales. So this year, yeah, we're at Carwin Sellers on the Friday night. We'll do a bit of a live Facebook cross, and we'll we'll announce all the breweries and venue pairings. It's going to be great. That's fine. What sort of um, impact does the festival have on Bendigo 
beer as a whole? The organisation or the Bendigo community? No, like you're after the festival, obviously if you've got that sort of push into the local economy for the festival, I'm sure you leverage that for um, your general... (laughs) The, 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 the general work that you do. Yeah, yeah. It certainly makes – well, Benigo Beer, as I said earlier, we're a not-for-profit organisation now. So I'm currently – well, I have been the chair um, for a while. Um, we have Vice Chair Steve who um, – his, his expertise is more the um, – behind the scenes sort of uh, administration running of, of, of Benigo Beer. Joe Doy, many people would know, she's um, the treasurer but also does a fair bit of for all of the events. Um, so straight after the festival it gives us an opportunity to go to venues that have expressed an interest to be in Benigo on the Hop but perhaps can't because they have Lion Nathan or CUB tap contracts and it's that's then my opportunity to go in and um, you know, stand on my soapbox and, and have a bit of an open and honest discussion. Now, the great thing is, is that, you know, my in-laws own a pub without tap contracts and we still have, you know, a CUB tap um, and it works and it lives along all of our craft beers just fine um, and it works really well. So that helps in the conversation because the publican then says, all right, you're not just some you know, some group run and driving an agenda, you're actually also involved in the hospitality industry and you can speak from experience. So it's straight after being on the hop, it's really good because we find a number of venues will then contact us and say, we'd love to be in it this next year. I would then say, cool, if you want to be in it next year, you're going to have to do something about your tap contracts because we, we only support Australian independent breweries. So not saying beer from anywhere else is bad. Um, I love, you know, I love American beers, English beers, Belgian beers, but... I think we're big about we're we're very big on supporting local and that's Australian independent owned. So, how does Pinnacle on the Hop look going forward? Then, what do you? Yeah, how do you envision it? Say in, in five years' time. Yeah, very very interesting question. We actually had um we're very professional now. We had a uh, planning <laughs> day about a month ago. We we went to one of our you know one of our committee members' houses and on a Sunday morning we all got coffees and cake and. Yeah, actually, it was funny. We, we got to the end of the planning session. We like, realised none of us had a beer today. But um, <laughs> anyway, um, it was, we're all growing up and getting old. But it was to talk about the future of Benigo Beer. What do we look like in five years? What do we want to achieve? What does Benigo on the Hop look like? Because all festivals have a lifespan. So, you know, I'm thinking in five years' time, it, Benigo on the Hop might be coming to the end of its run and it's our job to come up with something else. You know, I'm not really unashamed to say that you know we do have ideas of running our own venue um, Bendigo Beer as a not-for-profit venue to showcase as a you know beer education center or you know have a little brew system in there or something so we're thinking you know well what's the next step for us because it's only so long you know for a a number of a a group of eight people who volunteer and we all work full-time to do this well then how, what's going to keep us motivated to keep doing it? We all love it. We all love beer and we all get along as, you know, friends. Um, but, you know, life changes and people have kids and things change. So we're, we're actually sitting down now. We've hired a consultant. We're very, you know, very organised. Yeah, very organised. You didn't say that like you're surprised by yourself. You <laughs> be confident. And actually, say, I'm yeah. saying that saying, well, actually, I'm surprising myself. Yeah, we actually, <laughs> yeah. We, it's um, It's just a plan for that next step of, okay, well, I think to the point now where we've influenced the Bendigo hospitality community about what craft beer is and, you know, how, how that all works, 
well, that pretty much runs itself now. So then how do we stay relevant or how do we then drive the next agenda of change and, and develop the industry, you know, over and above that? So, yeah, we're all pretty, you know, blue sky, innovative thinking people. Um, so that, I think that's why we hired a consultant to sort of keep us on track and, and sort of, you know, focus it. And we, we've come up with three or four different avenues of what Bendigo Beer will look like and we're just sort of sitting through those options and figuring it out. But, yeah, I'm pretty keen to to get a venue, get a home for Bendigo Beer um, in the future. Do you think that sounds like perhaps a brew pub? Because that seems to be the uh, it seems the to be the that answer. a lot of people are yeah. taking at the moment and a good one um, mm. and there's nothing like that currently in Bendigo, is no, there? No, there's not. Yeah. No. So do you think that outside of you guys or you guys that's going to be something yeah, that comes up? Yeah, look, at, uh, I've heard a lot of people say they're going to start a brew pub in Bendigo but it just hasn't started but I think there's scope for it. Yeah, it is – you know, it's possibly one of the options that we could do, but there's a number of different things we can do. So it's just whether we want to do it. <laughs> so, and also then how do the local venues respond? Because, you know, we're, we're these guys promoting an industry, uh, promoting a scene in Bendigo to drive their business. And then all of a sudden we've got a business that is in competition. Now, you know, I'd see that as, well, we're not, we're, we're competition, yes, but we're there, you know, how many pizza shops are there in Ligon Street? It's, it's to drive that scene. So, I think um, it could work quite well. Yeah, brew pub's an option. Yeah, if you look on all the online forums, that's the only answer to the current uh, problems with the Australian craft beer scene. You know, having tap points to sell your beer. So, and then getting fresh beer. Getting fresh beer. Or beer out of the market that doesn't stay that fresh. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, and if we did have our own venue, we'd more more than likely have the local breweries on t- tap as well because we're there to showcase the local industry. So, you know, I think it could work really well. Thinking back over the over the years, mm. what are you most proud of with Bendigo Beer? Yeah, I, I still remember the first Bendigo on the hop and I was walking around Bendigo at 6.30pm on a Saturday night and August, for anyone that lives outside of Melbourne and who is from a regional centre like Bendigo, Ballarat, Geelong, you know, Terralgan, in winter it's a fairly dead time for hospitality. And we're walking around Bendigo 6.30 on a Saturday night in the middle of August and it was freezing cold with Wags, who was then working for Mountain Goat, and who else? Dave Myers and uh, and all, all and there was a few other guys as well. So, so sales reps from All the sales reps breweries. and they all just said, Berksy, this is the best thing we've ever seen. This is the best festival we've ever been to. You guys should be so proud. And I actually, I was actually sad to stand still and say, yeah, actually, we've actually done a great job. Um, and I've been immensely proud of, you know, the fact that we've antagonised change and the number of people that have come up to us and said, we love living in Bendigo because you guys are here because we can now have somewhere to drink. I'm proud of the fact that breweries are starting here because they feel confident in the local industry and I feel proud of the fact that, you know, people think beer in Bendigo, they think Bendigo beer. So we've done a great job. But there's still plenty of work to do, don't get me wrong, and that's why we're, we're really looking into the future to, you know, take that next step. Antagonising change is probably going to be the name of this episode. That's yeah. a good a good phrase. But also it's a great way of describing how you guys started up. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, was, uh, I was like, what do you do? I was like, I'm pleasantly annoying. <laughs> yeah, so uh, annoying in a way that, that people just have to take, take uh, notice and um, do it in such a way that they see the benefit. So, yeah, we've had a great time and there's plenty more great times to be had. Thanks so much for joining us on the, on the podcast. Thanks for having um, us. Yeah, and I'm not sure if I'll make it down this year, but uh, I'm sure we'll be back to Bendigo for, for more, more beers 
Oh, we definitely want to explore the pubs more. Yeah, yeah absolutely. everybody keep in contact with Bendigo Beer on the social. Yeah, we're very easy. So uh, on Facebook, it's at, at Bendigo Beer, uh, Instagram at Bendigo Beer, uh, and Twitter at Bendigo Beer. So piece of cake. yeah, keep piece it of easy. Cake. Yeah, and Beer Yeah. Uh, we're we're up here in regional Victoria. We just got to keep things simple. So. Ticket sales, ticket sales technically on sale now. Cool. Um, at the moment, we've only got tickets available for the hub, which yep. is in the the pop up uh, in Sydney My Place opposite the Shamrock. Basically, because we've got a large number of tickets for that space, so we want to try and sell as many as we can. I'm pleased to say we've sold nearly 200 already. Um, and so, you know, considering the fact we sell the large majority of our tickets in the last six weeks, um, you know, 12 weeks out, I was wrapped with that uh so yeah when we launch officially in bendigo on the 13th of july and melbourne on the 14th of july we'll open up all the other venues tickets for sale then but uh yeah you can get them from bendigobeer.com awesome uh and just a note dave and i got the train up here and it was very easy to get to um, we I'm from Footscray, but I guess the most accessible place would be from Southern Cross. Yeah. Southern Cross, yeah. 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 Drops you right in the middle of Bendigo. Yeah. So get off at the Bendigo Railway Station, walk down Mitchell Street, and your first venue handlebar is 300 metres from the train station. So, yeah. There's no excuse to no – you excuse. can't make it to Bendigo on the hop. Come yeah. down for a beer at least. Exactly. exactly. Thanks so much for joining us. It's been a, a great chat. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, guys. Cheers.